Are we on? Are we ready to push the button? Okay, proceed. All right, good morning. We'll take a break from Hebrews for something different. How's that sound? Okay. And actually, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 15 through 20. Hebrews 5, 15 through 20. And so I will read them now. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, Lord, help us, Lord, to have ears to hear, even myself, as I need to hear these words and be encouraged and admonished as we all do. So I ask that you would help me today, Lord, to see these things clearly and, Lord, let it do its work in the hearts of your people. Amen. So the end of those verses will be the basic point this morning, being thankful. Focusing on being thankful in the midst of the evil days we live in. Gratitude, grateful, our renewed mind, heart of love, walking wisely, all enveloped in a life of constant thankfulness to our Father through Jesus Christ. But that requirement for us Christians to be thankful always for everything is only at the end of our verses. Before that, Paul has a lot to say to get there. So, is there a challenge for us? Let's see as we walk through these verses, Paul says we must be thankful always for everything, even as we live while the days are evil. Now here we are reading from the midst of chapter 5 in Ephesians, and chapter 5 has Paul providing us with general instructions about holy living for us individual Christians. Back in chapter 4, he was focused more on proper living in the larger Christian community, and so he begins chapter 5 saying, therefore, therefore be imitators of God as fellow children, and to walk in love as Christ loved us. Then he continues with specific instructions about how to do that, avoiding filthy talk, sexual immorality, coveting, to guide your life about these things. And then at the end of those specifics, he comes to our verses for today, giving us a summary about the Christian life during these evil days and how 
to navigate it. Verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So all those instructions for proper Christian living Paul has given here in Ephesians up to this point require a very sober mind about how to walk. Look carefully, he says, about how you walk. Now Paul's look carefully is just one word in the Greek, usually about perceiving and seeing like when Jesus was taken up to heaven before them, they see him go up. But importantly, also how Jesus sees. Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. So Paul is telling us we see our way to walk. We look carefully. We obey as Jesus did before the father walking wisely, not unwisely, during evil days. Paul makes it clear earlier in Ephesians regarding the evil days of his generation and why they are evil. They are, of course, universal. He says all follow the prince of the power of the air. He works in all people, the sons of disobedience, following the passions of our flesh the desires of our bodies, the overwhelming wickedness of mankind almost from its very beginning, overseen by the God of this age, and for those he saves by his mercy and brings forgiven into his eternal kingdom, no longer is the evil one their overseer, but of course he is attacking whenever he can. Paul continues in verse 16 telling us, as we walk, looking carefully and wisely, that we must be making the best use of the time. There's a condensed way to look at Paul's point here. Notice we speak of time the same way we speak of money. We spend it. Yesterday, I spent some time streaming that new video. We must also save time. We try to save it like money. With money, most of us guard it, save it, spend it, or try to carefully because of limited quantity. Our life, a vapor, a mist, a fleeting shadow, Paul says we should make the best use of it as we walk carefully and wisely before the Lord. Then verse 16 ends with a because. Do all that wise and careful walking, making the best use of time. Why? He's going to tell us why and then what to do. Do it, Paul tells us, because the days are evil, his very brief summary statement of the world we live in. Paul says it another way in Galatians, speaking of believers' rescue by Jesus. He says Jesus gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from the present evil age. So Paul detailed, prior to our verses, human behaviors which characterize this present evil age, all due to that universal sinfulness of the human heart. Of course, the big picture is God does allow the enemy of our souls to be the God of this age. 
both the wheat and the tares, believers and unbelievers, experiencing troubles and suffering in life as we all live together for now. So, let's have a brief look at how the present evil age impacted the writer of this epistle and then look at the present present evil age of our lives. Paul recounts, not to brag, but to state about his imprisonment, countless beatings, near death, 39 lashes, he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he was constantly in danger from all sorts, sleepless and hungry and cold, and his daily anxiety for troubles in the church. And of course, his struggles with his own sin, like we do, telling us in Romans he delights in the law of God, but he sees in his members another law waging war against his mind with victory only through Jesus Christ. And his thorn in the flesh, we could go on and on. Meanwhile, for us modern church-going Americans, we don't really have those physical troubles brought on by people trying to hurt us like Paul did, but we do have much trouble in the church and all around us. Some features of our present evil age as our culture has rejected God, it has marched through the Bible, rejecting truth after truth in my lifetime. First, started out making divorce very easy, then expanded, throwing off God's warnings and restraints about fornication, then expanded to include every sort of unrestrained fornicating, marching further along and more recently, taking it all the way back to Genesis, to the beginning of the scriptures. God created them male and female, but our culture says no to Genesis. We, the people, can recreate male and female as we desire in our arrogance and blindness to truth. Not sure where the reversal goes from there, when the rebellion is back to the very beginning of creation. I could go on about the breakdown of law and order in general, strange teachings in the church polluting the gospel with additions which turn us away from the cross of Christ, salvation by faith alone through Christ alone. We see once trusted church institutions which have dipped their toes in the ocean of sin surrounding them, many actually now diving in and swimming in it, while the same cross, which has lost its true meaning, is exhibited on buildings next to rainbow flags. Institutions of the culture we once trusted are no longer. An almost daily astonishment at the iniquity, corruption, and disappearance of truth growing as we speak, particularly intense as it relates to young human beings. So in just these first two of our six verses for today, we see a summary of what Paul will lay out in detail in the next chapter of Ephesians, putting on the whole armor of God so we can stand against the schemes of the devil. There he also reminds us of the evil days we live in, fighting against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, 
since there are indeed cosmic powers over our present darkness, as he describes it, it's a battle, must be diligent. Look carefully how you walk, and while you do, redeem the time. Make the best use of it in serving the kingdom of God into which we believers were drafted. Wear the armor of God, so says Paul. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, Paul tells Timothy. Paul uses military-type language about the minefield of sin spread throughout our present evil age and our need to walk carefully through the minefield with all wisdom, following our commander's will, daily redeeming the time. So there we are, requiring sober acknowledgement. And Paul goes on in our next two verses about what to do. He starts with therefore in verse 17. Paul's therefore is going to address how we shall live in this evil age, leading to what could be considered a bit of a puzzle. He concludes with giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if that one seems like a dilemma, evil rapidly increasing its saturation of everything, while we continue to be thankful always for everything, Paul's got the solution. But first, he goes on about a sinful tendency to look for extreme measures to battle through all of it. Drunk with wine, mind altered, to turn away from all that struggle. In verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. So there's the easy way out for many people. Tune out, survive with intoxicants, wine and or whatever its cousin might be in the present evil age. Paul says no to that. Rather, he continues, not that, but something very different. Two things, two things which we must do, have a singing heart and always giving thanks in everything. So first, a singing heart. Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So yes, do all that too and do it a lot. Are you a believer? Yes. Then you are already filled with the Spirit. You were at new birth. So this is more. Being filled up with the Spirit and then singing to one another in all kinds of songs. But not just singing. Anyone can do that. Paul says singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. That's the only way to do it right with a singing heart. So, we're not just going to carefully take care to daily walk the Lord's will with wisdom amongst the ever-increasing evil around us, attainable only by consistently knowing the Word of God. We're not just Bible-saturated in our hearts and minds, filling with knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, we're also going to have a singing, praising heart flowing out of it all. 
because of the confidence in the Lord, it gives us that he's in charge, he is sovereign, he is only good always, saving and sealing whoever he chooses for his glory. Paul lived that way. He and Silas got beat up terribly by a mob in Philippi, inflicted with many blows upon them, and then thrown in prison. So the response is singing hymns to God. And we too should sing songs of praise and make melody to the Lord with our hearts, not only because he is worthy, but because having a singing heart helps to counter a troubled heart. One thing I think of is a funeral. A loved one gone from this life forever, maybe even in a sudden tragedy. And we sing, amazing grace. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. Meanwhile, for a singing heart, I consider the idea of going to the beach to read the Bible. Because we can read some of the numerous very troubling portions about the true state of the world, like John tells us, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one, knowing that truth is being daily confirmed as we live in this current evil age. But right then, we can just look up and see the vast ocean and sky and all kinds of glorious creation and see God's sovereign, steady hand on display. And it gives us, hopefully, that singing heart he commands us to have and which we need so desperately in this present evil age. Some people do this when they create worship videos we can sing to as we watch the images. The words to sing might be, Out of the depths, O Lord, I cry to you. When I am tempted to despair, though I might fail to trust your promises, you never fail to hear my prayer. While on the screen are a constant myriad of images of the beauty of God's glorious creation. Those songs and images remind me that though the words I sing reveal my many struggles, they come from a singing heart which loves and can keep trusting our glorious, unchanging God. And it's all rooted in me accepting what God says is true about me and about him and his son, Jesus. Being reminded he rules all creation and time and the future and he rules my salvation and my heart because the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God have mercy on me, a sinner. Now before we go on to our last verse for today, before Paul then moves on in chapter 5 to personal relationships like husbands, wives, and children, parents. Our last verse, which relies heavily on verse 18's be filled with the Holy Spirit, this last verse about giving thanks always for everything, we note Paul's way of life. What we've considered so far is reflected in his life, carefully walking in wisdom, redeeming the time and evil days, 
but at the same time having at its core a singing heart that trusts the Lord in all of it. First, a summary of his ministry life to the Corinthians as he labors mightily to bring the words of salvation. By great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love by truthful speech and the power of God. And yet, the result in Paul's life, we are treated as imposters and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. Especially that last one, having nothing, yet possessing everything, because what he lives for and relies upon now and in the future is in Christ. So now, verse 20, the last of our verses for today giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So after all the commands to walk in wisdom, redeem the time, understand the Lord's will, being filled up with the Holy Spirit, having a singing heart, Paul gives a summary of how to deal always with everything. Lots of thanks to the Lord for everything about the who, what, when, where, why, and how? Who? To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What? Give thanks. When? Always. Where? Everywhere we go. Why? It is a command of our good, saving God. How? The how can be a hard one. We can need lots of help with that one. How can this be? That's what a greatly troubled Mary said when an angel stood before her telling her she was going to have a child, a child named the Son of God by the Holy Spirit without husband. And her response was, I am the Lord's servant. For us, obedience a thankful heart of gratitude, being grateful. Now note the English words gratitude and grateful in regards to our Lord are very rare in our New Testaments, but all forms of thanks are legion. And will you note the word thanks here in Ephesians? The word in Greek is eucharistos. And in the middle of that word is charis, which is the word for grace. So the word has its root meaning, good grace, or can we say Paul's telling us to be thankful for God's good grace, giving thanks always for everything. That leaves very little wiggle room. Always for everything can be easy, can be near impossible, absent the good grace of God working in our minds and hearts. 
Do we say, thank you, Lord, for this terrible thing that just happened to me or someone else so I get to mourn with those who mourn? Or perhaps, although it came, I thank you, your word promises it will somehow work out for the believer's good and God's glory. So this verse must cause us to think deeply about God's sovereignty and goodness. And part of thinking properly about God is to remind ourselves some things he tells us about himself. Things like from the prophet Amos. Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? Answer, no. And Moses, when he tells God his handicap of speech disqualifies him from service, uh, then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? God's sovereignty over all. What about Job? He had plenty of the present evil age via the evil one under the careful watch of God. He struggled mightily under sickness and trials at one point saying, Though he slay me, I will hope or wait in him to see what he brings about, to make my case to him about all this. But ultimately, after his seemingly endless suffering, Job finishes saying this to God, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. The importance of being thankful is forcefully and clearly declared to us by Paul at the beginning of Romans. Its lack is devastating. The problem? For although they knew God, they did not honor or glorify him as God or give thanks to him. His sovereignty is clearly on display everywhere. His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. Yet there is no thanking, no honoring of God. And the result? They became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Foolish, darkened hearts. Rather than giving honor and thanks. All those terrible things about sinful humans and the judgments upon them. Paul says, its foundation is a sinful failure to value God, to honor and thank him. But thanks be to God, he redeems his elect. So the fate of unthankfulness is no longer theirs. Being thankful in saying so is very common in the scriptures. In the gospels, it's often Jesus saying thanks for food about to be eaten. Paul he is constantly saying thanks to God. And really, whether one is saying what is good or bad, Jesus tells us its source. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So does one's thanks come from the heart really, or is it just the mouth? When Jesus was on his way up to Jerusalem, he was met by 10 lepers who cried out praying, Jesus have mercy. So Jesus said simply, go and show yourselves to the priest. 
the proper ritual thing they had to do per the law, and they were cleansed. But only one returned to thanks and praise. The others just did the ritual thing after their blessing. The minimum, apparently nothing filling their hearts in thankfulness to speak. And will you note all ten yelled, praying to God for mercy, hoping for some good grace? And yet only the one had a heart of thankfulness and praised God for his good grace. This one experienced what is actually eternal, a heart of praise and thankfulness to God for his grace and mercy, because in the future, after arriving at our eternal home, the praising and thanks will go on forever and ever, but praying for mercy, healing, or deliverance, no more. We live in a time where there is much to be unthankful for when we see what is going on around us. Dark clouds having enveloped the culture. The most basic systems of morality teetering towards dissolving. Men declaring they're a woman and living like they are and vice versa. A resurgence of treating people in the most important regards of human interaction in different ways based solely on their color or ethnicity, prolificate and irrational fiscal policies which defy common sense, and massive abuse of children by some leaders and teachers guiding them into their godless fantasies about how to live, but really about how to take the not and the no out of the Ten Commandments, changing them to you shall do evil. And have any God over you you desire or none. Harder to be grateful when that's happening all around us. And yet, today, we meet here in freedom, hearing the word of God, worshiping as we please, even as those dark clouds surround us in great abundance. But we know the ultimate gun sight of the enemy through all of it is trained upon the believing church, his imagined final solution to quote an evil phrase. Can I read the mind of God? No. His future plans? No. I'm just called to live a life of gratitude and thanks, and there is much, much to be thankful for each moment we believers live. But in the meantime, the Word of God gives some direction in God's ways. Recall God tells Moses to see all the stars of the night sky and promises, so shall your offspring be, that many. Then God places him in a deep sleep telling him his offspring will come to that promised land, but not for many generations. And finishes with, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. God was dealing with Moses and his offspring to bring them finally in great blessing to the promised land, but at the same time, watching carefully as the Amorites continued in greater and greater iniquity until the day of God's horrible judgment upon them. Paul, 
speaks to the Thessalonians, telling them to persevere in their persecution in the spread of the gospel. These persecutors displease God and oppose all mankind in their efforts. And the result, they always reach the limit of their sins, but wrath has come upon them at last. Wrath is waiting, but it is certainly assured and we must live in that if it comes the inevitable consequence of a sin-loving culture surrounding us. So we must have the same attitude as Paul. He says it not just in our text, but many places. To those in Philippi, in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. To Colossae, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then saying, whatever you do, be always giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus. To the Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul is a very thankful person and requires we be as well. So Paul's message to us in these few verses, yes, the days are evil, actually very evil with a demonic deflecting shiny sheen placed upon them for the world. And so be careful to walk wisely and redeem the time. And in spite of that, or because of that, have a heart and voice which sings with gratitude, giving thanks always for everything to God through Jesus Christ. And if the first part, the evil age part, weighs one down, reduces a singing heart, tarnishes gratitude, focuses on things which make it hard to give thanks always, then we do what is usually best. We look at the empty cross. Think like Paul as he encouraged the Colossians, telling them to be full of the knowledge of God, walk worthily, bear fruit with endurance, and in all of it, with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And why? Because he has delivered us from the domain of darkness. He's transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. And in him we have redemption through his blood shed upon the cross, our redemption by faith and faith alone, the forgiveness of our sins. That encourages a singing heart, gets our hearts, minds, and voices saying thanks. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things, including the ability to be thankful always for everything even when the days are overflowing with evil. To do like Paul says, 
Rejoice in the Lord Jesus always for his amazing grace to us in taking the wrath of God, the penalty for our sins upon that Christ, that cross, the main thing to be thankful for. But I must not forget the small things too. Ongoing blessings from our Father, which are easy to take for granted. This morning, I woke up. Today, I ate an orange. I am over my sickness. My loved ones are loved by me. But if we have food and clothing, with these, we will be content. And we must note our text ends with, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, it's giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. To the Father through our mediator. As Jesus was about glorifying the Father, doing his will, and so we too. Jesus thanked the Father for the bread before eating for hearing him as he prayed to raise Lazarus. And Jesus thanked the Father that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children, the electing love of God. Right now, we see gigantic evil, wondering what woe will come and when. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness. But we trust all God does is good. In him there is no darkness at all. Many things of this life as God acts in his total sovereignty, things which are least understood, divine decrees we may not now truly understand, we trust the perfect glorious will of our merciful God. So believers, let us give thanks always for everything now. Give thanks that you really don't have to cut off your right hand, which may cause you to sin. You don't have to pluck out your right eye because there is the throne of grace and the Holy Spirit who helps you in time of need to repent, to confess your sin to the one who is faithful and just to forgive because of the cross of Christ and his mercy to bring you to faith. Jesus stood among his troubled disciples after he rose from the dead and then a second time ministering to doubting Thomas and he had a few words to encourage them both times. Peace be with you. And for us, with our prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we can make our requests known to God. Then hopefully, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.
Father, how often we start our prayers with a thank you. Saying thank you, Lord, for this, or thank you, Lord, for that, before we begin to give you our petitions. And how right it is to begin that way. Because you tell us to give thanks always for everything in the name of the Son of God. So help us, Lord, that we would be thankful Lord, when we look at how you continue to bless us, even in the midst of this evil age. And of course, our prayer is that, Lord, you would come, O Lord, come quickly and bring a revival and turn the hearts of the people away from evil so that it would not continue to flourish and expand as it is, Lord, that you would push back the evil hand of the evil one. But in the meantime, Lord, help us to sing with our hearts, we who have been called, Lord, into your eternal kingdom. Hearts of thanks, Lord, because every day we have much to be thankful for, even as we are aware, looking over our shoulders at those dark clouds coming upon the whole land. And Lord, we ask too that even today you would do a mighty work in those whose hearts are still unbelieving, who have not come into the kingdom. Lord, have mercy upon them. So now, Lord, let's stand and do as you say. Let's give thanks to our great and glorious saving God. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, oh my soul,
thousand reasons to give you thanks and praise and Lord I think of the, the the challenges that each of us have when the difficulties of life are upon us and we must give thanks always for everything and it, it reminds me of our pastor Joe and his back and Lord how every day he wakes up and terrible pain that he hides pretty well from us, but I know it's quite severe, and yet he's supposed to give thanks 
always for everything. And so, Lord, let him experience your mercy and your, your encouragement to him, Lord, to persevere, Lord, as he lives in that. And for each of us, God, help us also that we would have thankful hearts as we leave. That in fact, we would have singing hearts every day to sing your praises, Lord. Mostly because in spite of everything that's on or going around us, we know that you are sovereign and you are in charge and you will glorify yourself and you are just and right and true and you have gone ahead of us to prepare a place for us, our eternal dwelling with you. Lord, where all of the difficulties of life will be behind us and forever we'll be thanking and praising you. So continue to be glorified in our lives, Lord, as we walk in the obedience of faith before you. Amen. Okay. May the Lord bless you, keep you, and shine his face upon you this week. We are dismissed.